gentlemen welcome to another edition of that's entertaining this week joining me is the one the only the without a catchy tagline without a catchy tagline <laughs> jared Hahn. jared welcome back hello denizens of the internet ah the catchphrase is back ladies and gentlemen he's got while. it i had to think about it <laughs> um so jared it's been a while it has so what have you been entertained by as of late entertained by as of late um I have played a lot of Overwatch. I think the last time I was on the podcast, I was talking about Overwatch, or it was in some way talking about Overwatch. Mm-hmm. I did my uh, my ten games for competitive rank season two. So does that mean like you're good? Well, it just means it put me in my placing, and I <laughs> I play with other people of similar rank. So I got platinum, which I thought was amazing. But if I Google it, it's like better than average. I'm using air quotes here. So platinum usually is the highest. What is the highest? Diamond, master, and like a higher form of master. I forgot what it's called. Lord. Ultimate master or something. (laughs) It's got master in the title, but yeah. And then there's copper, silver, and gold below platinum. So copper, silver, gold, platinum. Diamond. Diamond. Master. Master. Supermaster. Supermaster, ultimate master, something like that. Wow. Well, I mean, you're better than me. I've not even hardly played it, so that's that's cool. So there's uh, an event going on right now with Overwatch where they collect like holiday themed Halloween skins. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. So there's Have a, you collected of a lot of those. Nah. Well, so I've got I've been playing a lot just because I like the Halloween stuff, and I've been, you know, for back lack of a better word, skunked so far. I've gotten like a victory pose, and that's about it. The rest of it's just been sprays and voice lines and. I see everybody else with these, you know, fancy skins, and I'm just like, okay, oh well. I'll just keep playing, though. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that looks cool. Maybe one day. Yeah, maybe one day. I don't really want to put more money into the game, so we'll see. Yeah, because you have to buy random packs. Yeah. So it's, you, you can't really even buy, like, oh, I want this. I can't pay $5 for it. It's like, yeah. I'll pay $5 for something. Yeah. I mean, so you get currency at random, sort of. If you double up on something, you get its currency value, or you get just drops of currency, but it just it takes forever because it's not reliable. Okay. Um, so, I mean, like, Hearthstone, okay, another Blizzard game, right? You uh-huh. can buy a pack, but those cards that you get can be used, or you can disenchant them and get the dust value and create whatever you want. But in Overwatch, right, you just pay for the game and you get the whole game. Mm-hmm. But as a microtransaction, they have these loot boxes. But it's really frustrating to have, like, one or two things that you really want and they might as well be unattainable because there's no reliable way you can get it other than saving the gold. Yeah. And playing a lot. And is it, is it uh, stuff that changes the game? No. It's all cosmetic, so okay. it really doesn't matter. Okay. So, yeah, that, <clears throat> that's the kind of stuff that I like to see. Is like, hey, if you want to add more money to this game, you can. But, you know, the, the core mechanics are the same. You don't get a better super gun if you pay money for it. So, okay, that makes sense. I think that's where TF2 went wrong, right? Like, so TF2 started introducing... Team Fortress 2, I should say. Mm-hmm. They started introducing all these new weapons, and they did slightly different things than normal and cosmetic upgrades. Well, once you start adding additional items to the game that changes how the game plays, I think you lose a lot of people. You lose that competitive edge, right? Mm-hmm. That's why there's no competitive scene for Team Fortress to speak of. It used to be. 
A little bit, yeah. Like and TFC then, or classic days. Anyways. And then Valve tried to reintroduce it a little bit after the fact, and it just sort of fell on its face. Because to, to have a good matchmaking system, you need a lot of players. Mm-hmm. And TF2 no longer had a lot of players because everyone jumped Overwatch. So, But it's, it's good. It's a fun game. The competitive level plays totally different than quick play. Like, people talk. And people, and the, so the, the, that's the thing, right? People talk. So when games go great, everyone's slapping each other on the back. And when games go bad, oh, man, do people get upset with each other. <laughs> Everybody's pointing fingers, and it gets pretty messy. But uh, Have you had the fingers pointed at you yet? No. The other night, actually, one guy tried to blame me, and then another guy came in. He's, that guy was doing just fine when we needed a healer. He switched. Don't pick on him, and then everybody started backing me up, and I hadn't said a word that whole time. Like <laughs> I have a mic set up, and I was just using the, the in-game commands to you know acknowledge ultimate ready stuff like that, just because mm-hmm. I I felt like one more voice in the middle of these five other people talking was just sort of wasn't needed, even when they're talking about you. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, okay, whatever. Yeah, they needed the tank. I played a tank. They needed a healer. I played a healer. One guy tried blaming me, but everybody else is blaming that guy. So I think he was just looking for a scapegoat. He was but, he was the yeah. issue. Oh, that's cool. I still need to get in and give Overshot a, a chance. There's been so many games out to play recently, yeah. and there's more coming. Like Battlefield One comes out tomorrow. Yeah, it's gotten really good reviews so far too. Yeah, I've played the EA Access so far, and it's actually pretty good. One thing I like about it, I don't know if this is the, I don't know if like is the appropriate word to use, but one thing that I appreciate how they do in this game is they don't glorify war. So a lot of games like Call of Duties and stuff, typically it's it's a glorified thing. They're they're the enemy. You just go kill them and that's it. So in this game, it's World War One based. And when you think about the time period, nobody really understood the other side. And it, it was just there's a lot of things in shift shifting and right. of ideas and warfare. Right, exactly. So it was it's changing battlefield and these people they just fought because they were told to fight. Really, so you're you're. At least I was a British guy running around trying to get these parts for this tank to, to put it back together. And you could go, and you can still go just, you know, take care of the enemies. I think they're Germans, mm-hmm. typically. Yeah, um, and <laughs> Any World War game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, they're talking, and then it, it translates what they're saying. And so well, I was sneaking around trying to just, you know, survey the scene and everything. And they were talking about, oh, I need to, you know, can I borrow a pen? I'm like, what? What do you want to borrow a pen for? It's like, I need to write my brother. Or I need mm-hmm. to write this. And I'm like, oh, really? Well, I'm, I want to write my father when I get back to the barracks or something like that. You know, it's, it's that kind of thing. And then it really shows, like, if, if your character dies, it's not glorified at all. Mm-hmm. Or if you kill somebody, you really don't feel... It, 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 World War I is, is, was a terrible war. We all know oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was very visceral and bone and sinewy, but... Man, the, the the way that they portray it in this game, I appreciate the way they do it. Which is, I think, them taking the better reflections on their past titles and actually making it, like, what, what was the big thing about... Let's look at the history of dice games and let's look at what people complained about, right? Like, the last three or four games, people have complained about no good single-player element. And mm-hmm. now they're saying the early release views reviews are hey this is a great single player mm-hmm. it's a little disjointed because it's told in a, like short stories right but that it's good mm-hmm. so there you go yeah so in the early access thing that I had with EA access you played through the tutorial uh, which had uh, you as a, a Harlem Hellfighter I think they're called mm-hmm. yep. and then they had you as a, a tank guy and then that tank guy you actually play his set of five missions that was what you could play in the early access which was good, and I, I thought it was actually really well done. Um, but yeah, so that was actually 
impressive because when I played the beta, I wasn't in that game. I wasn't feeling it at all. I enjoyed the beta. Did I you? just get sick. Of, you know, you got one map. I yeah. get sick of it pretty fast. That one big map, and it just everybody killed you way too quickly. And I, I mean, I don't know. The consoles probably aren't like this, but there was definitely some hacking going on, even in the beta. I think people with like 65 to 0 uh -huh. know, kill ratio, and you're like, I'm sorry. I know people can be good, but they're not 65 to 0 good. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. You just can't be that good that quick. Yeah. yeah. You know, dude headshots you across the map. It's just like, okay, once in a while, a lucky shot will get that, but like mm -hmm. two or three times a match, it's like, okay, I know something's going on at this point. Yeah. That's cool. Um, anything else you've been entertained by recently? Oh, uh, Civilization Six is coming up. Since I've got hundreds of hours in Civilization Five, <laughs> Civilization Six is pretty exciting. That's Friday. Um, all the early stuff points to it being an amazing game, which is rare because usually Civilization series starts off as kind of meh, and then with an expansion or two, they're amazing. So looking forward to that. Um, no, not other than that, not really. Okay. Sounds good. I'm just trying to think of anything else I've been entertained by recently. I have, I did watch the entirety of Luke Cage. Have you watched that at all yet? Yeah, it's good. Start well, to finish. Yeah, I, I was, I was actually impressed by that a little bit more. We'll do a whole episode on that later on. So no spoilers <laughs> here, but that was uh, uh, an interesting take on how to tell a story. They threw a couple spins in there I didn't expect, mm -hmm. and I, we kind of went in with, I mean, the bar is high. Already, because it's the whole Marvel Netflix thing, and they, they haven't lowered that bar yet, or like it only keeps getting higher. But we know nothing about Luke Cage other than what we saw in Jessica Jones, mm -hmm. and we were just like, okay, let's give it a shot. And, you know, our, our time's a little limited because of our toddler, but mm -hmm. I mean, over like two weekends, we pretty much annihilated Luke Cage. Yeah. It was, it was really good. We really enjoyed it. I think I watched it over the span of like a week and a half, just kind of a couple episodes a night or something like that, which actually I really liked doing that because sometimes if you binge too much too quickly, it's just kind of like, oh. Yeah. And so this kind of gives you time to reflect on stuff, so I kind of like doing that now. Um, I was impressed by it, though, and I have to say Luke Cage, he's actually probably one of my favorite of the Marvel you know, it's lineage hard. of heroes. Yeah, it's hard because every time they release a new one, it's like, no, that's my new favorite. No, that's no, my new favorite. I, because it, and it's because of the way like he presents himself. You know, he's he's an upstanding guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, so that, that's what I like about it. You know, more so than even like Tony Stark. He's like Tony Stark would be snarky and doing stuff to kind of do things his own way, but Luke Cage would never do that. My favorite series run is still Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones, just because uh, David, what's his name, did her. Oh, uh, the Doctor. The Doctor Who guy. He did an amazing job just super creepy he really made the villain mm -hmm. and while they were still a good villain to luke cage it wasn't quite at that like that like makes you sit on the edge of your seat creepiness sort of mm -hmm. um i haven't watched any of this season yet but have you caught up and have you watched all the rebels for this season uh i've only watched the first episode of rebels season three okay so that's more than me <laughs> how, how much or what do you think so far is it I, the only thing I was really let down with is I so I have both read and listened to the Thrawn trilogy mm -hmm. from the old Legacy Star the old Wars. Stuff. Mm -hmm. And is Thrawn I, in the first episode, very first? Yes. Okay. And my biggest my biggest issue is I was expecting the Thrawn voice from their narrator of the Star Wars series, whose name totally escapes me, although I hear it all the time. I'll have to look it up once we're Doing the, the guy that did the, the guy who the does reading? like all the good Star Wars, like Mark uh, Mark Thompson, Thompson, I think it is. Yeah, Mark Thompson. So I was expecting Mark Thompson's Thrawn, mm -hmm. or what I assume is Mark Thompson, and he just—it's a very low, deep, rumbling, 
voice. And what we got was a Thrawn that is just sort of a high-ish, you know, fine, sophisticated voice. It just didn't quite match with what my mm -hmm. mind expected. Mm -hmm. And I can't help but just, like, write Dave Filoni and be like, dude, get Mark Anderson in for season four if he's, if this guy's still around, you know, like, oh my gosh. Re-record these lines. Yeah, re-record these Special lines. Special edition. <laughs> with who they need to be. Uh -huh. Other than that, they, they nailed the idea of Thrawn cool. pretty well. And I, you know, I'm loving the show. It's it's just good. Mm -hmm. It's people say, oh, I always meet a lot of people like, oh, I don't watch that. It seems like it's for kids. It's like, no, there's some really dark themes going on in the show. Mm -hmm. Like, this is not for kids. Especially the end of last season. Yeah, yeah, end of last season, even beginning of this season, had some pretty dark moments. Mm -hmm. Even that really go darker than the movies in a lot of cases. In a lot of cases, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, kids could watch it, but they're not going to get a lot of the more subtle things of what are going on, what's going on. Those plot elements, yeah, yeah. could be lost on them. So. I can't tell people. Just give it a chance. It's mm -hmm. good. You know what I keep telling people? To give it a chance? Sherlock. Sherlock. Exactly. <laughs> Sherlock. Sherlock is the first time I watched something on British television that was, you know, kind of hit mainstream. Mm -hmm. And that's the first time I, like, finished a season was like, wow, that's really good television. Mm -hmm. That's a lot better than anything we have here yeah. in the United States. And since then, a lot of people have been stepping it up. Like, I looked Marvel... Oh, yeah. And Netflix and like that that's that same level of quality, but man, when I watched the first season of Sherlock, I was blown away. Mm hmm I, I liked it a lot too. So that's why we've been going down this path of the cumber block, we call it. The because cumber block. It ties in with Marvel too, because he's Doctor Strange, and mm -hmm. so we're gonna culminate the cumber block. The cumber block. With, I like it. With uh, Doctor Strange. But join me, Jared, as this week we venture into our mind palace for our entertaining thoughts. <laughs> well, it needs the laundry, the dishes aren't done. Anyway. Dishes are stacked up, there's yeah. flies everywhere. Ugh. So, this is the the last uh, episode that has technically aired so far, aside from the, the one-off, the Abundant Brides Pseudo-movie thing, yeah. Yeah. And this is um, an interesting story, I think. So... I remember this story, and I only remember the Mind Palace guy. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's all I remember was somebody who else who had the Mind Palace. And I forgot the finer details. So going through this, you know, rewatching it again, I was like, oh, wow, I forgot about Mary being like that whatever the she assassin. is. The assassin. Yeah. Yep. And then you just forget a lot of the stuff, and it comes back, and you forget about the, the assistant that kind of used mm -hmm. him, and he used her, and it was great. So what did you think about this particular episode? I... I, I'm shocked to find that a lot of people didn't think it was, like, the best of that season. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really amazing. And I thought it was amazing simply because, I don't know, are we going to jump right to the ending? Are hey, we doing spoilers yeah. here? Well, when he on. shoots the guy in the head. Uh-huh. Holy cow. Uh-huh. He's you didn't never see done that coming. anything like that before. He didn't see that coming. Mm -hmm. You kind of know what he has to do, and you kind of, but you're like, oh, well, it's, it's Sherlock. He's not going to do that. I mean, Sherlock's always taken unconventional means and steps. Mm -hmm. But, holy cow. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so I was a little I was a little shocked yeah. at that when he just you pulled and, the gun You and Watson as well. I think yeah, yeah. I was just like, <laughs> wow. And as I, you know, I was telling my wife about this, and she goes, oh, that's the episode. That's the Mind Palace episode, right? I said, yeah. She's like, that's the one where he's on drugs the whole time. <laughs> I was like, well, 
you aren't wrong. Uh-huh. It's true. I mean, <laughs> he he's on, in the hospital a lot. Yeah, too. he's on the hospital. He starts off in the crack house, mm-hmm. and at the end, he's on the plane. And he later, and we find out in the Indomitable Bride that he's taken like a critical amount of drugs mm-hmm. and lets Myloft, Mycroft, Mycroft know. Mm-hmm. He's trying to like mix Minecraft and Myloft or something in there, <laughs> and. Uh, and I was like, well, you, you aren't wrong on that front. He probably was on a pretty serious amount of drugs at the time, uh-huh. given what we know about the character. But I I mean, I didn't expect that. It's like you build up this character over just two episodes, really. He makes a short appearance in the episode before The Empty Hearse, I think. The Lars Mikkelsen, the, the main... Did he? I, I, can't, I can't remember him in that first I in think, that episode. I think he had a, like, in-appearance-only, no-talking part in The Empty Hearse. Was that the one where they had to go get John out of the fire? I think so. Because it was in that one that he just kind of saw his face, and that's it. And then he's in this one, and you think, oh, well, hey, here's the new uh, here's the new bad guy, right? Mm-hmm. Let's build him up. He's doing an amazing job. He's sort of creepy. He's the, guy, the bad guy you love to hate. And then mm-hmm. he gets shot in the head. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's was... no coming back from that. No, well, yeah, unless you're uh, unless Moriarty you're with, yeah. with some sort of stuff going on. Um, because when, when you are introduced to this character... First off, you're, you're seeing him, and he's like got the spectacles he puts on. And only when you see it through the glasses do you see him reading people. And I thought that was a, a, a neat touch to kind of mm-hmm. feed the audience that expectation, but take it away later. And <clears throat> he's he reminds me a lot of, of Sherlock in the fact that what he knows and stuff, but he's more of a bully about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he just does whatever he wants. And this the actor for him awesome job mm-hmm. first off which is really cool and I also the the set piece of his house that house really is cool. awesome yeah the vault and everything else mm-hmm. and the whole idea is going on there and just it was great yeah so I really appreciated the character and the casting in this one was really good and they pulled back the the assistant who was in a previous The Wedding episode and you see her with Sherlock early on you're like what in the world this is no mm-hmm. Sherlock doesn't do that so it was kind of crazy to see that come through. And then you see later on, she was only close to, or she was only at the wedding because she was trying to get, or uh, Mary was trying to get close to her for mm-hmm. the same purpose. So she was, Mary has been a long player in this game. Yep. She had the long game, mm-hmm. as we'd say. Yeah. So talking about Mary's turn and her revelation that she is not exactly who she says she is. How how did that come across to you? Were you when you first saw it? Were you surprised? Were you like, oh yeah? I mean, like, I was less than surprised. I think mm-hmm. a, a character like that doesn't get as much screen time as she was getting, without something else being involved. But that is me completely taking the plot apart and mm-hmm. thinking of it at a meta level. But I remember when I watched it originally, I really wasn't all that shocked. I was thinking, okay, she's in this episode an awful lot, mm-hmm. and she's been in season three a bit. Well, they got married in season three, Yeah, right? well, yeah, but still. You look look at the movies, and if you look at the movies with Robert Downey Jr., that, uh-huh. that Mary is just sort of a, a side thing, right? There's not a whole She's more like a Mrs. Hudson type character. Yeah, but you watch here, and she's getting a little bit more involved, and she always kind of wants to know what's going on and be involved, you know, and she's trying to sort of inject herself into John's life, and that sort of, you know something's going on at that point, right? Mm-hmm. You know there's something more to it, so... Yeah. I mean, was it a bit of a surprise? Sure, yeah, because the story took a turn. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I wasn't too shocked. Sherlock was surprised. Yeah. Or was he? Like, later on, he was like, oh, I was feeding you that information. But he, he acted surprised when he first saw her. Mm-hmm. And, like, when you when you take that scene and she shoots him, 
later on you find out that she shot him there because of specific reasons, just like to knock him out or take mm-hmm. him out. Non-fatal shot. Yeah. yeah. But later on, he's dealing with that injury a lot more. Yeah. Wasn't there another spot you could just hit that would just knock him out for a few minutes? <laughs> I mean, he's bleeding out inside. He's got to go call the ambulance and everything so, else. Who's the person we could bring on the podcast that's an expert in getting shot yeah. and shooting people in places that uh-huh. <laughs> only go out for a few minutes? That's uh-huh. like, put air quotes around that again. <laughs> but, I mean, I was surprised because I didn't remember who it was until that scene started. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, that's... It was Mary. Because I thought that, and they were leading you down this path, that it was the the head woman or whatever mm-hmm. that wears the Chanel or what was it? Claire de Lune? Claire I can't de Lune? remember. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, they, they fed you this information to now, so it's going to be that person. But then she turns around and it's the other person. So it was interesting. I do like how they play things out, too, with that particular scene. They say, well, thank you for saving my life. And Watson's like, what? And they play that scene back. And so she decides not to kill him, but to knock him out, mm-hmm. and then just uh, smack the other guy. She could have just smacked Sherlock, too. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Whatever. But she shot him. It was so made for more of a drama later on, the morphine, as yep. your wife mentioned, going through the uh, m- the whole episode being on drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, now that you think about it, it is. And then he, he brings on the other druggie to be his protege yeah. or whatever. It's like, he's like, I'm his protege. I'm like, nope. <laughs> like, I, I help him out sometimes, getting closer. <laughs> um, so what did you think of the Christmas kind of revelation scene where he he knocks out the whole family and takes the laptop and runs? I'd forgotten about that, actually. Because they're all there. His, his, this is the first time you see his father. Yeah. You see his mother again. You've seen her briefly before. And then Mycroft is there. Uh, then they have the Watsons. And everybody's knocked out except for Watson and Holmes. And what did you think about that? I don't... I mean... Because his whole plan was to take that laptop... Yeah. And give it to what's his name so he could go to the mind palace or go to he didn't know it was a mind palace at that point. Yeah. Go to wherever, get those documents back, and then call the, it back. Uh, the the uh, I'm trying to think of the name the, the vault or whatever it was that he thought mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. yeah. And then he had the plan, I guess, was to have that laptop be in the possession of what's the what's the bad guy's name? Uh, Lars Mickelson is the actual guy's name. It's Charles Augustus Magnuson. Magnuson, that's right. So to, for the laptop to be in his possession would be, you know, cause for Minecraft to finally put him away, things mm-hmm. like that. And so totally backfiring on Sherlock, he outsmarted him, literally. Yeah. And there's nothing he could do. He's just faced with the only solution that he th- could think of at that point, which yeah. really is probably the only the, solution. The dude had blackmail material on everybody. Mm-hmm. And but it was all in here. I, as I tap my head, it doesn't mm-hmm. work too well for radio. <laughs> we'll give you this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he, yeah, I mean, he took the only means available to him, which, in hindsight, was a pretty good idea because Mycroft could keep him out of jail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they sent him on that mission that he alluded to earlier on. Like, though, they're going to ask you to do this. Don't mm-hmm. do it. But then instead of going to jail, they sent him out on the mission. Um, and then at the end, we get the stinger. We'll call it. The, the music kicks up and everything. He's on the plane. You think it's going to be over, and then it cuts back in, and you see um, 
Moriarty. Moriarty on the screen. Mm-hmm. And he's like, did you miss me? And so then you go through all the calls. You, you have Minecraft calling the parliament people and then yeah. other, everybody else talking. You have Mrs. Hudson, like, dropping what she's doing and all the people that he's, mm-hmm. that he's associated with, the Inspector Lestrade and uh, the girl in the... Uh, the morgue. Morgue, whatever her name is. Yep. And then you get the call. It's like, you have a call for it. How's your exile? I've only been away four minutes. <laughs> well, I hope you've learned your lesson. Yeah. <laughs> so he comes back in, and, and it's really well done. I... I'm curious to see how that goes forward with uh, Moriarty. He's he's dead. Yeah. I mean, they well, there's no way they can work their and, way out of and that. And there's some stuff in The Abominable Bride that sort of hints more at what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least what Sherlock thinks is going on. Mm-hmm. But, uh, not, you know, it's interesting. So if he had just flown off on the airplane, that would have been a perfectly good ending to that season. Mm-hmm. We could have picked up season four and been none the wiser as what went on. You know, it just sort of picks up again, but... It ends that way, and then he comes back. That makes the cliffhanger. But it's a kicker because we really haven't had much. Like, we, The Abominable Bride pretty much takes place in the time it takes him to get back down to the ground. In from that the four minutes. In that four minutes or uh-huh. whatever it is, right? So we, and that was, what, 2014 that they filmed His Last Vow or whatever the, the name of this episode? Yeah, His Last Vow. Sounds about right. So... When are we going to get more? <laughs> well, they're filming the other ones now. Oh, are they? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, so they're filming them now, and I don't know if they're supposed to be this year or next, but there's only going to be three of them, and this could be the last season. Okay, I can live with to, that. Yeah, you know how British TV shows kind of go. They take their time, they make them, mm-hmm. they're always usually consistently good, uh, and then they end them at the right time. Well, the, the actors involved, too, got pretty huge in that amount oh, yeah. of time that they started filming. So Yeah, so Freeman was more... Famous, I think, the Benedict at, at the beginning. At the beginning, yeah. And now I think it's kind of switched the other way around. But now, finally enough, they're both in the Marvel Universe. Yep. So, um, Morgan, Morgan, Martin Freeman is... Um, I can't remember his character's he's, name. He's in Civil War, Yeah, he's though. a CIA yeah. agent or something. Yeah. He's a character in the Black Panther universe. Okay. And so now Doctor Strange is obviously Doctor Strange. And that, there's a lot of these memes going around for when they when uh, Iron Man and Strange meet. It's like, <laughs> they'll, they'll be like, oh, hey, check this out. Like, no, no, you're kind of strange. Oh, no, no S, Sherlock, or something like that. <laughs> and they just kind of got this weird, funny look going on. Because it's, it's kind of funny because, yeah, they both played the, the role. And I'm curious to see if at some point, because they, they like to play around with meta, mm-hmm. what they'll do to actually do that. There'll be a little quip somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing what, you know, the, the next season actually pushes forward because the next episode is a one-off. Mm-hmm. It takes place, as we mentioned, uh, in his mind from uh, the point that he leaves to the point that he's back on that plane. Yep. So looking forward to see what they do. It's If it is the last season, I'm, like you said, I'm fine with that. And I loved the the interpretation of Sherlock by Cumberbatch and by that writing team and mm-hmm. everybody. And it's just been a, a, a great show to have. I mean, it wouldn't have been bad if we just had the Robert Downey Jr. ones. Like, yeah. By all means, they were entertaining movies. Mm-hmm. But this, I mean, this knocks it out of the park. They just totally reinvent the idea. And, like, television in general is just better for it. It just creates a, a more artistic medium, I think, for people to kind of bring their ideas to light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really well done. So final thoughts on the uh, Sherlock Season 3, Episode 3, His Last Vow. I gave up ever trying to rate Sherlock episodes because they're all really good. 
with the exception of season two, episode one being probably my favorite, my personal favorite. But two one, and that was that was uh, was it Ada Lovelace? Was that oh the woman? The woman. The, uh, yeah, that was a really good episode with the ending and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Anyway, um, this was good. I mean, I liked it. It it threw a couple spins in there I didn't expect. It was a good way to create a nice cliffhanger for what we hope was going to be more. And we got the abominable bride. That wasn't bad. It was pretty good too. Very entertaining. Um, now that I know they're filming the next one, I'm pretty excited. I'm glad that it's coming. I thought we were still in limbo because trying to get those A-list actors for a television show is usually pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he, they were either filming it before and after he did uh, Doctor Strange or however that worked. But after this episode or this next season, it will be impossible probably to get them because he's done a lot of movies now. And Freeman is continuing to do like the Hobbit stuff mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And he's 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 moved on to do in the Marvel universe. He's gonna have a role in Black Panther and things like that. So they're both gonna be hard to get. Yeah, hard to nail down. You could continue off Lestrade and just kind of see do, do an adventure with him. Mm-hmm. That probably wouldn't last very long though. No, he's just not a. He's a good character. He's just not Sherlock material. Yeah. Right? But uh, like you, this was a really good episode. Um, better than I remembered it being. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad I watched it again. And rediscovered, like, oh, yeah, I mean, this stuff was the nuances of the episode was really well done. And even though you didn't see them featured in this episode, it had all the major players. And that's my, that's what I think is part of making a good episode is when you have them all present in the episode. Even though it was just like a, at the end, you saw Lestrade uh, and the more girl. The more girl. You saw her a little <laughs> bit earlier, though. She smacked Sherlock a few yeah. times. Mrs. Hudson was there. Mycroft was there. Moriarty was there. Yep. Everybody that makes a good Sherlock story was there, so that means it was a good story. Yep. I think you can thank Stephen Moffat for that because he, oh, yeah. he just tends to do really amazing stories. Yeah, he's he's an excellent writer. So, Jared, I thank you for coming on. Where can people find you if they wish? They can find me on Twitter at, at jmhahn, H-A-H-N underscore, because some other... <laughs> puppet stole jm Hahn. <laughs> you need to be like hey you does he actually tweet or she i you know i've tried reaching out to him a couple times but there's just, just like one of these accounts that somebody made and marked private or just never did anything with and yeah just kind of hoping twitter like reclaims a whole bunch of the old ones you think that they would eventually because yeah. there's so many handles out there that aren't used or that i should are really bots. just come up with something unique and stick with it but i'm lazy on twitter i do tweet a little bit Mostly just to criticize your Supergirl washing habits and, <laughs> and stuff Monopoly. like that. Monopoly. <laughs> Supergirl was the worst one. Oh it my is gosh. not that bad. I it forgot to so bring bad. that up. It's I've been so watching bad. that. Yeah. I've been watching that. And it's not that bad. So the reason why I want to watch it is because The Flash ties in with it. And yep. I love The Flash. Which is fine. Flash is great. But I don't understand how you don't like Supergirl. Nobody tries to act. It's so bad. <laughs> Callista Flockhart's the only one who can deliver a line uh-huh. and actually seems like it's decent. But like the, I don't even know what the main actress's name is. Something Benoist. But it's so bad. Her, I mean, maybe she finds her acting chops past episode two, but like my wife and I had to turn it off. Like If we went to the theater, we would have walked out because we are just like, this is so bad. Like the... What was it? The... Uh, Jimmy Olsen and all mm-hmm. like all that James Olsen. yeah that was just kind of weird like I the budding love interest that was starting like by episode two and it's like okay you're not really gonna save anything I'm sure there's gonna be some twists and turns but uh, like so a friend a friend last night was making a joke she's she's like it seems like every CW superhero story every superhero in general is like okay I came from a place that wasn't here I came here people followed me from the place I came from that's my problem mm-hmm. and it's like 
okay, it kind of fits everything. Arrow, you know, what what was, like, season one of the Arrow? Oh, Slade followed him back and mm-hmm. caused all sorts of problems. And Malcolm and, all, you know, all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. Flash... Time travel's involved, but the same general idea is An there. It's people from his future. Him. Yeah. yeah. I said, okay, well, you know, that, that's kind of superhero stuff in general, so mm-hmm. I'll give you that. But then, she, but they they agreed. They were just like, the acting's so bad. But then her husband said, oh, well, it's fine. I, I enjoy it. So clearly, plenty of people enjoy Supergirl. I just, compared to The Flash, like, the characters in The Flash all have great chemistry, they mm-hmm. all work well together. You're legitimately bummed when one dies, although you know they're probably just going to come back in some form anyway, because time travel shenanigans. Have you watched the first episode of the season? I have watched the first episode of the new season. I have not seen the second or third. I think there's three out. Yeah, I've, I may have seen the second, but I haven't seen the third. First episode, though, was I thought was really well done. Yeah, I, you know, I saw a lot of flack online for it. Mm-hmm. There's people like, oh, well, now Barry's kind of the villain. That's not supposed to work that way. And I'm like, well, Barry is sort of his own worst enemy mm-hmm. in the way he does this stuff. Like, that's a really interesting duality to the show. Like, that Barry almost becomes the bigger villain than the villain themselves. Mm-hmm. And he still acts well and delivers his lines well. And it's just, I think it's great. I have no complaints. I do have to say, I think Supergirl is better than Arrow at this point. Because... Arrow jumped a shark maybe season three, yeah. I think. Like, I've tried making it through season three, and I've almost got through. Or maybe it's season four. I think I'm season four. Four is pretty bad. And I, so, I mean, some of the listeners might know that I, I like to paint miniatures. And so, a lot of the stuff I do, I qualify as, like, that's miniature painting material. That's, like, I'm not watching it, but I'm just listening to it. It doesn't have to be good. So, that's kind of where Arrow's at. Whereas mm-hmm. something with like Luke Cage is so good, I want to watch. I don't want to miss Cage a second, so you know. Yeah. But that's again the Marvel bar is really up high up here. The CW bar is you know kind of over here in a different column. They're really mm-hmm. low. It's kind of easy. Whereas Flash is kind of the highest of that bar. Mm-hmm. Legends of Tomorrow, uh, yeah, didn't really. They kind of took all the side people who weren't that good anyway and put them all on a show, and it was just like yeah. Whatever. And by doing that, they almost ruined Flash because yeah. they were they were dedicated like a half a season to creating Firestorm and then just pulled him out to this other show. Yeah, and then the Captain... I mean, Captain Cold was a goofy character. And he, I mean, he's really from the comics, I get it. Uh-huh. But the whole, like, that actor was really pretty bad. And then they brought him in and made him, like, you know, one of the main show's main characters. Uh-huh. And it's like, ugh. I appreciate what CW's trying to do. Uh-huh. And it's clearly working for him. You know what I want to watch? I haven't watched it yet, but I really want to. It's on HBO right now. They've had three episodes. Is Westworld. Westworld. I've heard good things. Yeah. It's, uh, Michael Crichton. Yeah. You know, so looking forward to it. maybe one day checking that out because I was listening to another podcast and they likened it to it's straight out of a video game, pretty mm-hmm. much. Because they, if you go and you play Skyrim or something like that, you go up to an NPC and they just say their line and you can't really interact with them more than that. In this, in, there's an episode in here where they try to interact with the painting lady and she's like, oh, you guys better get on home then. And like that, that's just a weird way to end that conversation. <laughs> you know, it's just really actually it makes me want to watch it a lot more because of that kind of fact. I've heard it draws a lot of inspiration from big modern themes in our culture. Yeah, popular culture. Yeah, so I've heard great things. It looks it looks really good. Um, so yeah, that'll about do uh, yeah <laughs> the wrap up for this show. Little tangent there. Little tangent, but uh, you can find the show on Twitter at Entertaining Pod. I am at Voiced by Nathan, and you can find all kind of good stuff on the website that's entertaining.net post the uh, information for the show each week there yeah that'll do it ladies and gentlemen we thank you for listening this week and we hope that you have been 
entertained. <laughs>